from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is the Greg Peterson Experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. It is our number three of the Greg Peterson experience right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network, and we've got a tremendous hour for you. You can tell that there's always just a little bit more pep in my step, and there's a little bit more that you can hear in my voice because at this time next week, you're going to be getting college basketball picks as we're going to have over 110 games on the betting board for opening Monday, which is going to be November 7th. So we've got to give you guys a preview here. We're going to be taking a look at the SEC. There have been some interesting teams in terms of the exhibition slash scrimmages that we have seen from them. So I'm going to give you guys my conference preview here. And for those of you guys who are VEASAN subscribers, in about a week and a half, it's going to be a little bit after opening night, but we're going to have our VEASAN college basketball betting guide in. I have submitted all my work, and the fine people behind the scenes, they're putting it together. It always takes a little bit longer for the college basketball guy because most of you guys that pick up our guides, whether it be our college football guide or NFL guide, list goes on and on. Most of those are less than 100 pages. This is going to be a whopper. It's going to be over 400 pages. I broke down 23 different conferences. We've got other folks at the network like Adam Burke, Tim Murray, list goes on and on. They're doing a great job taking a look at a wide variety of different, more of the power conference teams. They had me do like the Missouri Valley Conference, the Ohio Valley Conference, list goes on and on. But that said, it is going to be a tremendous college basketball season. So we're hitting that here in segment number one in about 15 minutes. 
We're going to be joined by Albert Wynn and Megan Payton. Megan does a great job over at Wager Talk. Albert, he does a terrific job as the analytics capper himself and coming off of a very hot weekend, by the way. They're going to be joining me. We're going to recap what we saw this Sunday in the NFL and the turn it forward as well. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys my picks for Monday Night Football and what I like in terms of Major League Baseball on this Monday as well for Game 3 of the World Series. So we're touching all the bases here tonight, and we're leading off by giving you guys a look at the SEC right now. And if you're taking a look at the SEC, odds to win the conference for this season, I think that you've got a little bit of value out there because right now in terms of DraftKings and their odds to win the SEC, Kentucky's listed at plus 180, plus 350 is Tennessee and Arkansas from there. Alabama's at 8-1, to 10-1, you've got Auburn, 18-1. to Florida, you go all the way down to Georgia's at 250 to 1 along South Carolina. And I really don't think that the super long shots have a lot of value, but you want to note with Kentucky, they were in a little bit of an exhibition match against a D2 school. The results of that, I don't make a lot out of. And I know that there's a lot of people that are buzzing right now about Tennessee, the way that they took down Gonzaga by double figures in their exhibition matchup, Arkansas. They get completely destroyed by Texas. There's really not a lot of takeaways I've got in terms of these exhibition games. I certainly am a little bit sock up on Zakai Ziegler, what he's going to be able to deliver this season for Tennessee. They were a little bit banged up towards back half of last season, including down low. So I do think that for Tennessee, sock up on them. But even though Arkansas lost that exhibition game to Texas, I do think that when it's all said and done, they are going to be the best team in the SEC. And at plus 350, I think that you've got relatively solid value. I personally am a little bit more of a game-to-game better. I personally am not one necessarily to dive into too many futures. And if I were to dabble in futures, I would look at conference futures rather than odds to win the NCAA tournament itself, just because when it comes to odds to win the NCAA tournament, I'm sure many people would agree with me. Some might disagree, but that said, a lot of it just depends upon the draw and the draw itself. Like last year, I picked Kansas to win the national title because I took a look at the bracket and I thought, man, Kansas got a really, really favorable draw. Meanwhile, Gonzaga had a really tough draw to try to get to the final four. You had other teams that they didn't necessarily get the most favorable of draws themselves, which is why I did pick Kansas and they were able to get the job done there. And that's one that I felt very good about, but I would have never taken that before I saw the actual bracket for the NCAA tournament myself because I had Kansas more around that top five-ish range, but never my number one team. So I always do think that that is important, but with Arkansas, they do bring in a boatload of talent, and a lot of it is going to be young. We saw this with Arkansas last season. I would not be surprised if this team loses a couple shocking games out of conference. Like, we saw them lose in the great state of Arkansas to the pride of Hofstra. Hofstra, not like the biggest bums ever that you're going to find or anything like that, but certainly you wouldn't expect a school like, like Arkansas to lose to a school like Hofstra, and we did see that, but what I think is big for this team is that the upside is there. They've got a pair of McDonald's All-Americans in the backcourt and Anthony Black along with Nick Smith. And I think that Smith is going to be absolutely amazing for the team. A guy that's 6'5", he's able to shoot it very well. He's able to guard multiple positions. I really like his overall game. And I do think that Kentucky should be the number two team. But with Kentucky, I would take a little bit of caution right now until you know exactly what you're going to be able to get out of this team because they are now dealing with a pair of big injuries. I was talking about it with them playing that Exhibition game on Sunday. Xavier Wheeler, who's going to be their main guard, one of the best facilitators in all of college basketball the last two seasons. He left with a lower body injury. We don't know the full extent of it right now, but he left not putting any weight on one of his legs. So that 
does have you with a little bit of caution for a Kentucky team that I like the fact that they brought in Antonio Reeves. He comes in from Illinois State, averaged 20 points per contest. He took over six threes per contest, shot 39% from three-point range. He's going to be able to light it up, and this is going to be a Kentucky team that is going to be a better shooting team than we've seen in the past because with Kentucky, it feels like that's always been a little bit of bugaboo for them. And if you just take a look at the SEC in general, this has typically not been a good three-point shooting team. You've had a bunch of teams like Mississippi State. LSU, list goes on and on where they play pretty fast. They do a solid job on defense. They just can't put the ball in the basket from three-point range. And I always think that that is something to dive into. But when it comes to this Kentucky team, I certainly do think that they're going to be upgraded with that regard. Jacob Toppin has a little bit more versatility. CJ Frederick, a lot of people forget about him because he's been dealing with injuries the last few seasons. But he's a good sharpshooter. Not necessarily a guy that's going to go in there and take over a game, but Certainly someone I think is going to be able to do good work for this team. And then you take a look past that. Chris Livingston, six foot six combo player. I really like his overall game. I think that you've got a lot of upside with these freshmen that come in. Even something like a Brendan Canada, I think is going to be able to make some good contributions for the team. But that said, you do take a look at this Kentucky team and the Xavier Wheeler injury, something that you do want to be just taking a little bit of note of in general, because I do think that that's going to be a little bit rough for them and, it is going to affect them a little bit in terms of their odds of win the SEC and just being able to get down sort of what they need to in terms of chemistry with having, no doubt, a relatively good freshman class coming in. And then I know that there's a lot of people buzzing about Tennessee as well, a team that I've got number three in my projector or finish it goes for me. Arkansas one, Kentucky two, Tennessee three, though. I would argue that based on what we've seen the last few days, especially with Xavier Wheeler going down with a little bit of an injury, the difference between Kentucky and Tennessee for me, I thought that it was rather su substantial going into what we saw this weekend. I was a little bit impressed by Tennessee, no question about it. When you take down Gonzaga, that is big. And the Xavier Wheeler injury, that's a little bit tough for Kentucky. And I do think that Ziegler, who I was mentioning a little bit earlier, that is big for the team. But the real key for Tennessee is actually someone that we did not see in that exhibition game. And that's just something that I think is so crucial in college basketball. His name is Josiah Jordan-James. And Josiah Jordan-James is a human statue sufferer. We talk about someone like your Christian McCaffrey in the NFL being a Swiss Army knife. Josiah Jordan-James is the college basketball version of this. He gives you, on average, about 10 points, 6 rebounds, a block, a steal per contest. He doesn't necessarily command the ball in. He doesn't, like, shoot it at, like, 40-plus percent from three-point range, but he shoots in the mid-30s. He takes smart shots. He does a good job of being able to get other guys involved. He'll give out a couple assists per game. This is the prototypical glue guy, and a guy that I think really goes undervalued because we're all looking at someone like a Santiago Vescovi. He's able to shoot it well from three-point range. Ziegler looked really good in that game against Gonzaga. Let's call it what it is if you're having takeaways from Gonzaga. I have them number two in terms of my overall rankings coming into the season. I still have them at number two, but, I mean, Drew Timmy, his defense down low, not necessarily too terrific, but you've got someone like a Plasivic. He's going to be able to do a solid job down low for this Tennessee team, and just on top of that, I do think that it's a Tennessee team that, in general, it's going to have better depth than ever before. Now, we've seen Rick Barnes make like your buddy at the bar in March, and he's been unable to close. Fortunately, when it comes to betting on regular season futures, odds to be able to win the SEC, you don't have to factor in the NCAA tournament. And Rick Barnes, he has been steady Eddie Rick in the regular season. So I do like what I'm seeing there. Also, when it comes to more of the middle of the conference, the team that I think is worth watching and a team that I think could bear a lot of value from a game-to-game -game perspective, and I think that they're going to be able to make the NCAA tournament, that would be Missouri. Missouri has a guy by the name of Dennis Gates who knows how to coach. 
He took over Cleveland State a few years ago in like late June, early July. The roster was completely bare. He was able to just pretty much take a big giant bag of gravel that he was given. And in two years, he turned Cleveland State into an NCAA tournament team. And I fully expect him to do the same here with Missouri. And he's got a lot of talent that is coming in. Isaiah Mosley, someone who averaged 20 points per contest, shot 40% from three, 90% at the free throw line, gives you five plus rebounds per game. He's going to be coming in for this team. I've got Missouri as a top seven team personally in the SEC. And what Missouri did this offseason that maybe is not going to be identified by as many people. I think it's so important. They hit the junior college market. Mohamed Diaria and Sean East, who are the top two players in terms of JucoRecruiting.com's top players for the 2022 class from junior college ranks, they're both coming in. And Sean East, he's got experience starting for both UMass and Bradley. So it's not like this guy hasn't played at the D1 level before. And he was averaging right around four plus assists per contest. Was able to put up nearly 10 points per game at both of those stops as well. I think that he's going to match very well with Missouri. And what I also like about Dennis Gates, he brought over some of the guys from Cleveland State. Someone like a Des Moines Hodge, who we've seen him have a couple 40 plus point games. He's going to be coming over with them. So I do think that that is going to help out this this team in general and an SEC that I think is going to be very fascinating. I think that you've got a lot of competitive teams in general, even a team like Vanderbilt too. I personally think that they're going to be dead last in this conference right next to South Carolina. They were able to take down Xavier on a little bit of a scrimmage and for Jerry Stackhouse, he's been able to bring in a little bit of talent. It's just whether or not that talent is going to be able to mesh together. But I think that you're looking at a very solid season from the SEC, but when it's all said and done, I do think that Arkansas has about as much upside as any team in college basketball, and they're a prototypical team that you probably want to fade early in the season, but you want to back them late as they get more reps with each other, and we've gotten a lot of reps from these two guests that are going to be joining me next. They're two of the best when it comes to evaluating football. Albert Wynn, better known as Analytics Capper, and Megan Peden of Wager Talk are going to be joining me in the next two segments, so take a look back at Week 8 in the NFL and turn it forward to Monday Night Football and Week 9 here on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. 
He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. 
Welcome back. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is presented by Nicotine Pouches, the surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Look, most nicotine products are either too complicated to use or they don't provide the satisfaction that you're looking for, but Zen Nicotine Pouches might surprise you. Zen is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco leaf free, plus it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zen online or find a store nearest you at Zen.com. That is EYN.com today. Warning, this is a product that contains nicotine and nicotine. It is an addictive chemical. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Being joined now by Megan Payton, who does great work over there at Wager Talk. And we're also being joined by Albert Wynn. He's the analytics capper himself coming off of a very, very hot weekend as well. And it's always great to have you two aboard. And how about if we lead off with this? The the NFC South, because it just feels like nobody wants this division right now. We all thought that it was going to be the Buccaneers division, but right now it's the Atlanta Falcons who lead this division. I personally thought that they might be the worst team of football this year. And I'll just throw it at you first, Megan, and then we'll get Albert Sats on this because it's just been very befuddling to take a look at this. And as I look at it, I still think that there's a sneaking suspicion that the Saints might be able to win this division just because Everyone looks mediocre, and I think that the reinforcements that they might get in the receiving core might be enough in what's been a very bad division. Yeah, Greg, this NFC South is wide open. I definitely don't think any of us thought that the Falcons would be sitting at 4-4 four and four and leading the NFC yeah. South. How about that game today, though, Falcons and Panthers? I mean, if you're Carolina, you've got to be upset about what happened. You've got this miracle Hail Mary touchdown, DJ Moore, then he celebrates a bit too hard, gets the extra point moved back a bit. They missed that. Of course, that sends them into overtime, and they have a chance to win the game. Do not make the kick. Goes back to the Falcons. Falcons win it with a kick in OT. I think that this NFC South is a fun one to watch. They're one of the you know worst teams in or worst divisions in the league. I think it could easily be the Saints division. Big win for New Orleans against the Raiders. They completely shut out Derek Carr and this offense that's really struggling in Vegas. And then the Bucks, of course. I, I know that Tom Brady and everything is just going wrong for them, but they're one loss, one win away from leading the NFC South. I absolutely think we're going to see either the Bucks or the Saints leading this division as we have seen in past years. But right now, the Falcons in Carolina, they can enjoy this little bit of a good feeling that they haven't had in a while. Hard to believe that the Panthers, who had the fire sale about a week and a half ago, if they would have made one of those two kicks, they'd be tied at the top of the division right now as you'd have a four-way tango at three and five. But unfortunately, if fifths were fifths, we would all be drunk. And if fifths actually existed... We would see the Carolina Panthers at the top, but that is not the world that we live in. And Albert, when you take a look at this division, just what do you make out of it in general? Because I do have my question marks with the Buccaneers because Father Time is undefeated. And I think that it has finally, I mean, finally caught up to 45-year-old Tom Brady. But I think that the Saints have a little bit of upside. The Falcons, I don't think that they're going to pull it out in the end, but they're clearly a team that is fighting hard. And we got some guys that are certainly fighting their way to be able to make some money in free agency and or with a new contract with the team. And I think it's going to be a fascinating watch here the rest of the season. Yeah, great question, guys. I mean, this division is so fun to watch right now because it's so bad. Um, they're <laughs> all four teams right now are uh, they have negative uh, point differential, right? It's the only division in the NFL where all four teams are in the negative there. The closest one is the Saints. I think they're minus one for the season. With that being said, though, 
I actually like the Falcons. I agree with Greg. Early on, before the season started, I was very, very bearish when it comes to the Falcons. I thought they were going to win three, four games max. They're leading the division at 4-4. And with injuries mounting on all these other teams, especially defensively, running quarterbacks are really hard to scheme against. And Marcus Mariota is really doing well. And, you know, putting the tucking the ball under his arm and, and getting the ball down the field from his using his legs. So I like what he's doing. I like this Falcons team. They're exciting. And, you know, playing in that dome, there's going to be a lot of excitement, a lot of offense. Yep, there certainly is going to be. And speaking of injuries, the Falcons, they've been able to weather that with Corderell Patterson being out of the full, which I've been very impressed by that. And then, Albert, I know you've got some thoughts in terms of the NFC East, which has all of a sudden become the NFC beast. As we saw the Eagles just completely take it to the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. On top of that, the Dallas Cowboys defense didn't necessarily look supreme, but they racked up 49 points on the Chicago Bears. And if you take a look at this East, you could have arguably the top two teams in terms of record and or two of the top three. As I take a look right now with the Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles, take me through what you've seen out of these two teams and I'll think Zach up for them because we're all wondering when the Eagles are going to be falling from the ranks of the unbeaten. And I think with the way that the schedule sets up, it might be a while. Yeah, I think this division is amazing. It's not only the, the Eagles and the Cowboys, right? Don't forget about the Giants, who are also 6-2, and two, even though they lost this today. Uh, but I do like the Cowboys' defensive line. Eagles made a lot of moves recently as well to kind of bolster their uh, you know, top-tier talent. From a talent perspective, Greg and Megan, I think the Eagles are actually the top in the NFL. My top team, would top to bottom, would be the Bills. But we're talking about just pure talent. I think the Eagles have it. When we're looking at, you know, first round talent, second round talent, and just high draft picks all across the board. I like this Eagles team. And we saw this a couple weeks weeks ago with the Cowboys heading into Philly. It was just with Cooper Rush, but they were able to kind of contend and compete in that game. So I do think very highly of the Dallas Cowboys as well. So I, I echo Greg's sentiments here. I think the best two teams in NFC are both residing in NFC East. Yep, I would agree there. I would probably put... Man, who would I put at number three? I think the personally, I would put the San Francisco 49ers there at number three. And I know that, Megan, you've been taking a look at the 49ers, especially what Christian McCaffrey brings to the table. And I think that that's absolutely massive for the 49ers because I do think that if the NFC is not running through those two teams out there in the East, it would be the 49ers because the way that they utilized McCaffrey on Sunday was incredible with them scoring in three different ways. I mean, the first player since LaDainian Tomlinson in 2005 to throw for a touchdown, run in for a touchdown, and catch a touchdown. McCaffrey's going to be a huge addition for this 49ers offense. He's already doing it. 94 yards on the ground today, 55 receiving yards for McCaffrey. He can do it all. I mean, that receiving touchdown that he had during Sunday's game, he looked like a, a number one receiver. That's what you get when you get McCaffrey. This offense is all in. I thought Garoppolo had one of his best games uh, this season. He didn't throw an interception. He had, I believe, an 84% completion percentage. I like what we're seeing out of San Fran's offense. In their defense, we know they're getting healthier again, and they're going to be dominant just like they were today. And then how about when you throw in wide receiver Debo Samuel back in the mix? This Niner team, Niners team is going to be competitive. So we look at who's contending in the NFC. We know the Eagles are dominant. As you said, Albert, Cowboys, Giants, those are going to be teams that we're talking about. I think the Niners are going to cause a lot of trouble for this Eagles team. 
we're not seeing them in the regular season, but look for them in the postseason. This is going to be an intense playoff game. Niners are trending upward. They're fun to watch, and I love what Kyle Shanahan's doing with this offense right now. I agree with you, and I know that there have been so many people have said, oh, the 49ers, they can't win a Super Bowl with Jimmy G, but they very nearly got to the Super Bowl <laughs> last year. They were one throw away from knocking off the Chiefs a few years ago, and I feel like you're sort of on the same page I am, Megan. Is Jimmy G like a top three quarterback in the NFL? No, nobody is saying that, but with the defense that they've got, adding Christian McCaffrey, you pointed out Debo Samuel, that's enough weapons to be able to win. And, I mean, guys like Joe Flacco have won the Super Bowl, yeah. not even too, too far down the line either. And I think that this is a 49ers team that if they're able to continue to get things clicking, if they can pile up wins, they've got a shot to be there when it's all said and done. Yeah, look, I'm a huge Jimmy G fan, honestly. And just like you said, does he have to be a Josh Allen? Does he have to be a Patrick Mahomes? No, he doesn't because their defense is solid. And you've got great offensive weapons in Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle. The Niners are going to be just fine with Garoppolo. And in fact, they're, they're sitting there right now thinking to themselves, hey, I'm glad we didn't trade Garoppolo because now we're in a situation where we can go and trade for McCaffrey and go all in and try to be Super Bowl contenders this year. Yeah, but no question about it. And right now the 49ers backup quarterback option is Brock Purdy. And well, if they had Brock Purdy out there, I don't think that they would be finding themselves in the position that they are right now. And Albert, just want to get your thoughts the final minute or so on the 49ers, because I do think that they might be the most intriguing team out there in the NFC, because I feel like their upside is so big now that they do have McCaffrey in the fold. Yeah, so I think the class of the entire league is the Buffalo Bills. And I was Agreed. watching that game today against the Packers. And there's only a few teams out there with a defensive line that really can hold a, a superstar like Josh Allen. I think the Eagles had the talent. I think the Cowboys had the talent. And if healthy, the San Francisco 49ers defensive line can wreak havoc on the Bills as well. So those three teams, I think, would have the best chance against the Bills. And if, you know, if, if Jimmy G is going to play this well with so many weapons, Debo's probably my favorite wide receiver in the league. Now you add him, add to him the most dynamic running back in the league. It's going to be a really hard team to play up against. Today was another example of Kyle Shanahan completely owning that matchup against Sean McVay, especially in the regular season. And I think if he gets into a playoff-type atmosphere, I think he could be able to do it again. I agree. And coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at Monday Night Football with Megan Payton and Albert Wynn here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get everything VSIN has to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. Sign up now and get VSIN Pro Access all the way through the Super Bowl, including our Pro Picks, which recaps all the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests, Pro Tools like our exclusive betting splits and Pro Tips with actionable insights to up your sports betting game and daily, daily deep dives into betting reports on the NHL, NBA, MLB playoffs, and so much more. Plus, you're getting the upcoming college basketball betting guide, college football betting guide, Super Bowl guide, so much more. Give yourself an edge this season. Visit vsin.com slash subscribe to get your $99 midseason special today. That is vsin.com slash subscribe. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on vsin, the Sports Bank Network, being rejoined by Albert Wynn. You know him better as analytics capper and Megan Payton, who does amazing work over there at Wager Talk. And Albert, we'll go to you first since you are absolutely smoldering right now. And we'll throw out you Monday Night Football. 
Right now we're seeing the line at three with the Bengals being the favorite and total on this game of 45. Do note that most places they've got a little bit of juice on that three, but where do you stand on this? Because I do think that the Jabbar Chase injury is quite significant, and I do think that this is a game that could fall three. So I would say take a look at line movement because if you get back to a three and a half, I think that there's all the more value on Cleveland because I do think that at three, this could be a game that just ends up pushing. Yeah, Greg, I do see the line going back and forth all day long tomorrow from three to three and a half. Uh, you see two teams here moving in opposite directions, right? We have the the Browns here who have lost four straight, came off a really good start to the season. I think they were two, two and one. Now they lost, lost four straight. And on the other side, the road team, Cincinnati Bengals, they're traveling into Cleveland, uh, winning four out of the last five. Again, that's without Jamar Chase coming up tomorrow, one of the most dynamic wide receivers in the game. With that being said, I think this is a Cleveland Browns read. Um, again, all the positive news, all the momentum is on the road team here. And they're basically only getting a field goal. Um, I think that's the book saying that the, the game script is going to be slow. I think the Browns are going to be le leveraging their offensive line. They're two awesome running backs. I think they're going to be able to keep it close and keep it low scoring. So if I were to cap this game, again, no official plays yet. I do like the Browns if you can get plus three and a half. Yep, I agree. I already took the Browns, but I took the three and a half a little bit earlier in the week. Would be a little bit more tepid on three. I would still, if I had to play it right now, take the three, but I do think that a hook could be very significant. And Megan, I know that you've got a little bit of a player prop on this game, and you've got a bit of a read yourself. Well, first, I'm looking at this game as a whole big picture here. The Browns and Bengals, this is a hard one to handicap because you're looking at a Browns team that swept the Bengals the past two years in a row. Now, we should note that the last uh, matchup between the two of them in January, the Bengals were resting their starters. But Joe Burrow's career, 0-3 against the Browns. That's surprising for a team that has been more successful than Cleveland. And as Albert just said, Bengals are trending upward. Browns are trending downward. Nothing looks good for Cleveland. Four losses in a row. And I think that Joe Burrow's starting to get things going. He's looking hot. He had nearly 500 yards in their win against the Falcons last week. Two straight wins for the Bengals. You want to bet on uh, Cincinnati because they're the better team. I'm going to shy away from, you know, spread here. I'm going to actually shy away from sides and just look at player props. I'm looking at Joe Mixon over 94 and a half rushing and receiving yards combined. I think that the Jamar Chase injury is significant in this game. That's really been the Bengals' strength, their fifth in passing yards per game, and that's strongly due to Jamar Chase and what he's been able to do as a receiver. I don't see the Bengals winning this game just with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd as receivers. He's going to need to throw the ball a, lit, a little bit to Mixon. Mixon's able to do that. We've seen it before. Now, this 94-and-a-half line hasn't hit over a lot. I mean, last week he had 91 combined yards, but this week we're obviously going to see, I think, a lot more out of him. He's going to need to be that number one weapon. I'm hoping so. He's in my fantasy lineup. I'm hoping for big numbers for Mixon, but that's where I'm looking at. I think this game's going to be a fun one. It's a Halloween game. By the way, I just noticed that it's the two orange teams playing on Halloween. I don't know if that was intentional, but I like that. Yeah, but I do as well. And when it comes to Joe Mixon, to your point, I think that he's going to be involved a lot more in terms of passing game. And that could lead to the team 
maybe not giving him the ball as much on the ground as well as we've seen things be rather pedestrian for him. Last few weeks, it's been a little bit better when they were able to run it with him against the Saints and the Baltimore Ravens, but certainly it's not being able to rack up a lot on the ground, but has been a big part of the passing game. So I do think that that is something to take a look at in we're talking about the ground game, and let's take a look forward at a game for next week with you, Albert, because this one really caught my eye. It's, in my opinion, a very tough week nine board as of right now, but the one thing that captured my attention, right now we've got the Titans catching 11 points against the Kansas City Chiefs, and we've seen the Chiefs have all sorts of difficulties covering numbers of north of a touchdown. A Tennessee Titans bunch at, no doubt, the quarterback situation, a little bit of a question mark. Malik Willis got the start on Sunday, but... Getting 11 points, if Derrick Henry is going to run the way that he did on Sunday, they should not be catching 11 points to anyone. I'm not sure what your read is, but this just feels like it's a little bit too lofty of a line. Yeah, it's another year, guys, and another year of the Titans being undervalued and overlooked, right? They have they started the season 0-2. Everybody kind of just brushed them aside, and fast forward now a month and a half, they've won the last five straight games. They're rolling. They're leaning on their offensive line, and of course, King Henry as well. Any team that plays defense and runs the ball well is going to be good at live dog, especially on the road. So I, I agree with Greg here. I do like the plus 11. With that, with a caveat, we don't know who the starting uh, quarterback is yet next next week, whether it's Tannehill or Malik Willis. I don't think it matters because I think that the guy playing the quarterback position is just going to be hiking the ball and handing it off anyway. So if they can just keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands, uh, I think the 11 number is going to be safe. And we saw that tonight with the Packers and the Bills, right? We saw the Packers kind of slow down the game, lean on Aaron Jones, especially in that second half, and it gave them a chance to win at the end. Yep, and this is going to be a new frontier for the Titans defense because they've actually allowed 22 points or fewer in every one of their games thus far this season, aside from that game that we saw against the Bills where the Bills were able to take it to them. I'm not sure what your read on this is, Megan, but I take a look at 11, and it just feels too high, in my opinion, on the Titans. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's early right now. I expect this to shift, and as Albert mentioned, we don't know the starting quarterback. That that shouldn't change things too much, in my opinion. I don't see... I don't see Kansas City winning by more than 11 points. I think this is undervaluing the Titans a bit. And I got to be honest, I, I don't think we're talking enough about Tennessee because they had a rough start. And now we're seeing Derrick Henry out there looking like the running back that we all want to draft immediately in our fantasy team. And I kind of like looking at Malik Willis out there. And if he's playing, that doesn't change my opinion on this 11-point spread. I, I take Tennessee here. Kansas City is playing fantastic offensively. We know that they're not, if they're not the best, they're top three in the league. I see it being a win for the Chiefs, but I think 11's a little bit high. We've got to give Tennessee a little bit more credit. They are hot right now. I'd look at the line more in like the seven range, just from, you know, speaking without doing a ton of research on it. Yep, I agree with you. I think that this line should be a little bit closer, like a seven, seven and a half, somewhere in that neighborhood, putting it north of 10 in my opinion, is just a little bit too high. And Albert, I know that these are sort of the spots that you take a look at as well because we saw these two teams do battle a few weeks ago. That'd be the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals. When the Cardinals went on the road a few weeks ago, they were a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road without DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is back in the fold. We have seen a flipping venue. The Arizona Cardinals, they're a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm not sure about you, but this feels like a little bit of an overreaction. I think that it's good value on Arizona. Now, I like what I saw to Seattle today, and I certainly think that 
they were undervalued when the Arizona Cardinals went to Seattle. I think that this is the exact same thing that we saw a few weeks ago. Seattle was undervalued when Arizona came to town, and now I think Arizona is a little bit undervalued at home being a being less than a field goal favorite against the Seahawks team. Yeah, we're getting into the nitty-gritty part of the NFL season, right? This is where you have to really focus on grinding and, and looking at the handicapping week to week. So the Seattle Seahawks have covered three straight times. It's really hard for a team to cover four in a row, whereas the Cardinals are coming off uh, games where they've only covered once in the last three, uh, including a game in Minnesota where they gave up 34 points. I think right now, when it comes to this, this NFC West matchup, it's really going to depend on Arizona's defense. I think we know with their offense, especially with DeAndre Hopkins back, they can score. They hung 42 on New Orleans, 26 on Minnesota. They're going to be around 25, 30 points again against Seattle. So, but if they can hold Geno Smith, who's playing amazing right now for Seattle, under 20 points, I think Arizona should be able to take this. Yep, and I do think that DeAndre Hopkins just one of the biggest game breakers that you're going to find in the NFL as well. And having him back out there in the fold, I think is massive, just like what is always massive for this Sunday show is having you two aboard. Megan, you do great work over there at Wager Talk. Albert, you're coming off of a very nice weekend, and you are the analytics capper. You do amazing work as well. Both of you guys, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you very much. Great being on with you guys both. Enjoy your Monday night. Albert, congrats on the win streak. Uh, we appreciate you having us on. Thank oh, you. Thank you for having us on. Happy Halloween. Always do appreciate Lots of treats being passed out on this Halloween. And that's going to be coming up in the final segment. There's going to be no tricks from me to lead into Halloween. Just a bunch of treats. What I like in terms of Monday Night Football and World Series Game 3. Next here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> 
<laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. Ball sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you are a hockey, basketball, baseball, or football fan, Bet Rivers has you covered on all of them. Join us every single week for a whole bunch of promotions like Tuesday's Hockey First Goal Scorer Insurance, Friday Night College Football Bet Plus Get, Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and so much more. Head on over to BetRivers.com 
or download the Bet Rivers app today as it is a whole new game. It is a final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. A big thanks first things first to the two guests that joined me the last two segments as Megan Payton does great work over there at Wager Talk and Albert Wynn, you know him better as the analytics capper. Both of those folks do absolutely amazing job. A big thanks to them for joining me. And if you're listening live to the Greg Peterson Experience coming up next, well, it is... Hopefully a treat and not a trick that it is going to be a replay of the Greg Peterson experience. If you're listening to a replay, 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern, it is going to be follow the money. I know that Mike Palm is actually going to be in for Mitch Moss. I think that you've still got Polly, but you're going to have some three hours of Mike Palm. He does absolutely amazing work. He's been on fire, by the way, in that football invitational. So credit where credit is due. I do think that that is going to be very much a fun show. So... Be on the lookout for that and be on the lookout for some hopefully great picks for this Monday as it is trick or treat. Be safe and responsible if you're taking out your kids. If you yourself are going to some parties because Halloween is always a lot of fun and it's always a lot of fun for the kids. And well, if you're someone that is above the age of 21 years old, instead of giving you candy, I'm hopefully going to be able to put a little bit of money in your wallet. So. Let's first things first, start with some baseball, and then we'll transition to Monday Night Football. We've got Game 3 of the World Series. Houston on the road against Philadelphia, 955-956 on the betting board as Noah Thor Syndergaard goes for the Phillies and Lance McCullers Jr. on the bump for Houston. Between minus 122 and minus 130, the number on Houston, and between plus 110 and plus 117, your price on Philadelphia with 8 being the total juice to the under. And for the DK Nation pick, I am looking at this total over. With Thor, you gotta figure that he's probably not gonna be giving a whole heck of a lot more a whole heck of a lot more length than like three, maybe four innings, as it's been a case where he's pitched three times here in the postseason. He's only given up one run, but five and a third innings. His longest outing here in the playoffs was three innings against the Atlanta Braves a few weeks ago. So you've got your question marks on that front, and then from there, you got guys like Nick Nelson, Kyle Gibson, who are a little bit more of the long guys, so that's a bit of an issue for the Philadelphia Phillies, and they're growing up against an Astros team that they've been able to do a good job of being able to hit all postseason long. Seven out of their nine games here in the playoffs, four-plus runs, and now you finally have Jose Altuve going. Jose Altuve had just four hits going into Game 2 of the World Series and north of 37 at-bats. As a matter of fact, he started out 0 of 25. He's now 7 of his last 17, so you figured he wouldn't stay down for long. Jeremy Pena has a trail of home runs here in the postseason. Alex Bregman went deep in game two as well. So the entire lineup is firing out cylinders, including guys at the bottom of the fold. Chaz McCormick hitting above a 275 for the team. Pair of home runs earlier on in the postseason, including a big one out in the Bronx. Jordan Alvarez, he's been a little bit hot and cold. has only been hitting about a 222 here in the postseason, but had those big home runs against the Seattle Mariners. I think that he's going to heat up a little bit. And then the flip side for the Philadelphia Phillies. They've scored at least four runs at every one of their home postseason games thus far this season. So, I think that that is absolutely massive for this team. As Bryce Harper, he's right now the highest hitter on the face of planet Earth. Five home runs, hitting above a 375 here in the postseason. And then you've got Reese Hoskins, who's been hitting significantly better at home than he has on the road. As a matter of fact, his last two home postseason games, he combined three home runs, has not been able to do as much damage when he's been on the road. So home cooking should be able to do him a little bit of good. And they're going up against someone in Lance McCullers Jr. that I think is doing for a little bit of regression. Take a look at his seven starts that he's made in the postseason from 2022, 2022. So last three seasons combined, he's got a 2.97 ERA, but 
but it's fielding independent. North of a 4.5. His fielding independent is more than a point and a half higher than his ERA, and the big reason why. He's been lucky to strand guys on base after he gives up walks. Now, credit where credit is due. He's given up just six walks over the course of his last four starts. That is a span of 24 innings, so he's been able to rein it in a little bit more there, but he seems to lose a little bit of command. He has great strikeout stuff, north of 10 strikeouts per nine innings thus far this season, but the command, it sometimes can be a little bit wonky and all over the place, and for the Astros, this is unquestionably the best bullpen in the big leagues. They led the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA during the regular season. Here in the postseason, I mean, it has been microscopic. A 0.89, giving up four earned runs, five runs in total, and 40 and two-thirds innings. There's going to be a little bit of regression to that. Opponents are earning a buck 38 off of this bullpen, and it's an incredible bullpen. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's going to be a little bit of regression. Balls that have been going straight to the fielders are going to find some holes, in my opinion. So I do think that we're going to see a little bit of rise there. And I will say, the reliever with the highest bullpen ERA right now, Hector Nair is at a 2.22. So it's been rather incredible what we've seen out of them. But I do think that that's going to go a little bit northward. And I do think that when it's all said and done, you do have a nice edge here with the Houston Astros. Lance Colors Jr. has been able to actually make starts for the Astros here in the postseason, Thor, he's been sort of thrown all over the place. And while Sir Anthony Dominguez has been terrific out of the bullpen, David Robertson has been a little bit spotty in terms of his command, but by and large, he's been able to do a solid job as well. I do think that the edges here are with the Astros, and I would say that I feel like the Astros, they probably want to take it right now. I don't think that you're going to get better than the minus 122 to a minus 130 that we're seeing because I'm thinking that the money is going to be coming in a little bit on the Astros. Meanwhile, if you like the Phillies, I want to wait a, little, wait a little bit more. Right now, we're seeing plus 110 at DraftKings. I do think that this is going to be going a little bit northward. And as a matter of fact, a little bit earlier on, on Sunday, you were seeing it a little bit northward in quite a few spots as well. So it's a situation where I do like the Astros. I'm willing to lay up to a minus 136 with them. My write-up, that is going to be on the over in this spot as well as You've got a very calm night in Philadelphia. Weather not going to be too much of a factor. It's going to be in the low 60s, high 50s for this game. And then when it comes to Monday Night Football, we shouldn't be seeing anything too adverse with the weather here as well as you do have the Bengals and they're going to be taking on the Cleveland Browns. The Browns towards the beginning of the week, they were a three and a half point underdog. This moved to three with the Jabbar Chase injury, but do note that if you're looking to lay the three right now with the Bengals, you're laying minus 120 juice. And I do think that it is very critical because I could see this number moving back to a three and a half when it comes to Monday game time. And when it comes down to it with the Cleveland Browns, I do think that there's a little bit of value here at three. I would try to see if you're able to get a three and a half, if at all possible. I think worst thing that happens is if you wait on this line, you're just still going to get the three that you have available to you right now. I don't think that there's any harm in waiting. Meanwhile, if you're looking to back the Bengals, you probably want to take it right now because this could go back to a three and a half. And I think that this has a good possibility of being a three-point game. I personally have taken three and a half already with the Cleveland Browns. I feel good about that position. And with the Cleveland Browns, I do think that they're going to be able to do a good job of be able to get a little bit of heat on Joe Burrow. Burrow has been able to do a significantly better job recently of not throwing interceptions, but I think that this could be a game in which he throws a pick. If you're looking on DraftKings right now, over under on his player prop is a half an interception. You're finding plus 125 juice on him throwing a pick, and I do like it over. I do think that with the Cincinnati Bengals, they are going to be able to cause, or with the Cleveland Browns, they are going to be causing a little bit of duress on the quarterback. And I, for that matter, I think that the Bengals are going to be able to get to Jacoby Brissett as well. Trey Hendrickson, I think, is one of the more underrated pass rushers in the NFL. The Bengals thus far this season, just 16 sacks. I expect that to go a little bit northward. And for the Cleveland Browns, 
among their 14 sacks this season. Six of them have been by Miles Garrett. Garrett looks to be a little bit more healthy, and I do think that he's going to be able to get home in this one. And for the Cincinnati Bengals, it is all going to be about who can fill in for Jamar Chase. Chase is going to be out of the fold in this game. As a result, you should be seeing a lot of T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Both of their receiving props are at five and a half. And the one that I really do like to the under is T. Higgins because you're finding minus 115 juice on that. On Boyd, you're finding minus 190. And I think that that's a little bit off base. These two guys have combined for about 60 receptions thus far this season. There's only a two reception differential between the two. And as a matter of fact, I do think that you could see Boyd be a little bit more of a possession option. So if you're looking at an over among these two guys, I'd be looking a little bit more at Boyd. You're able to get much more favorable juice on them. And I just question whether or not the Bengals are going to be able to get anything going on the ground. I know that Megan likes the receiving plus the rushing yards over for Joe Mixon. I would say that I like his receiving prop much more than his rushing prop. So she combined the two. I personally would be looking at an under in terms of 67 and a half rushing yards and rushing yards only on Mixon just because he's had a tough time being able to get things going. He's been really not able to get out of neutral in general 3.3 yards per carry. He did do a solid job in that game against the Baltimore Ravens, but really past that, hasn't been able to get out of neutral. As a matter of fact, he has averaged 3.4 yards per carry or fewer in all but two of his games thus far this season. And one of those games was against the Saints where he only ran the ball eight times. So I do have my issues there. And I do think that in the end, you've got a little bit of value here on the Cleveland Browns. I like them getting three, like it even more at a three and a half. And if I'm looking at the total, I'm looking at an under. And then for our pro tip for this hour, vcin.com slash subscribe for all those talked about it a little bit earlier in the hour. Take caution when trying to make too big of takeaways from exhibition games. These college basketball teams, in terms of these exhibitions, they're looking to do different things. They're trotting out their various lineups. So don't stick a lot of stock into them. But what you do want to stick a lot of stock in, follow the money at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.